And so if you think about that, if you're caught up in it, especially like ongoing, uh, unconfessed, unrepentant sin, I think it has the effect of changing um, the way that you think and relate and act and all those things. And it makes you weird. Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Good to have you with us once again this week. I'm here with Pastor Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Long Long, Colorado. And once again, we are in our series where we're looking at the I am statements that Jesus uh, said in the Gospel of John. And this week, we're actually, we're looking at Jesus is the vine, the true vine. And uh, it's actually the last, if you're looking at chronologically, the order of the statements, but we're saving the best for last, which is next week, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And so that's just to let you know, Easter Sunday is just around the corner. And uh, we're gonna be looking at that final statement that Jesus says, I am the resurrection and life. But this week, Jesus says, is, Jesus says, I am the true vine. Jesus is the true vine. And so we were looking at that from John chapter 15, verses one uh, through 11. And if you missed that sermon, whitefieldschurch.com or any of the sermons in this particular series, um, this Jesus is a series, uh, whitefieldschurch.com. You can go there. You can download them. Of course, YouTube, Facebook, any of your favorite streaming platforms. And if, as I ask every week, if you would, it certainly helps us a lot. If you would subscribe, like, you're watching this on YouTube right now, just hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, share it with somebody, encourage them to to join the YouTube channel or Facebook or also on uh, podcast platforms. And if you leave a review, special Apple reviews, that certainly helps boost us in the ratings. You know, when people are asking questions about who Jesus is, you know, we can provide Christ-centered and gospel-centered answers to their questions. But this week, yes, we're here in um, John chapter 15, and uh, we're just going to get to one particular statement that you made during the service. You said that sin makes you weird, and it kind of elicited a few chuckles uh, during the services. And uh, But you had some more that you wanted to talk about in this particular phrase, sin makes you weird. <laughs> I've thought this for a really long time. And uh, one time I actually preached a sermon on it. Uh, interestingly enough, this would be way back in the day at uh, Crossroads in Denver. I preached a sermon on it because uh, myself and uh, my pastor at the time, Tom Stipe, we, um, we both were in complete agreement. He used to use the phrase, sin makes you stupid. Uh, I actually prefer to use the idea that sin makes you weird. Um, and I'll give you a few. I think there's empirical evidence of this, um, but I think there's also some biblical anecdotes. But here's, here's the point that when you're caught up in sin, it changes the way you think it not only changes the way you act, but it fundamentally changes the way that you think and your disposition towards people and towards the world gets skewed. It gets distorted. If you will, sin is, uh, diverting from the way that we were designed to be and the way that we were designed to relate to God and to people. And so if you think about that, if you're caught up in it, especially like ongoing, uh, unconfessed, unrepentant sin, I think it has the effect of changing um, the way that you think and relate and act and all those things. And it makes you weird. Um, now, there are a lot of reasons why people are weird. Some people are just eccentric by nature in a, in a good, positive way. Uh, some people have, you know, I would not want to say the word weird disparaging of somebody who has, let's say, some sort of disability or developmental thing. No way. But I would use the word weird when it comes to people who are caught up in, in rebellion and sin against God. 
And um, I'll give you one anecdotal story from the Bible. Mark chapter 5. Uh, Jesus meets this guy. He's a demoniac, meaning he's demonized. He has demons uh, within him. And this man, it says that he lived in the cemetery and he would cry out day and night, just screaming and, and shouting like, you know, things that were not comprehensible. And he would cut his body with rocks. He would harm himself. And it says that he was naked. And it says that Jesus comes, he casts demons out of this man. And then it says that the whole city, the town or village or wherever, they were all amazed when they saw this man and they wondered, is that the same man? Because it says they saw him clothed and sitting, talking and in his right mind. And I think what a picture of what happens when you're walking with Jesus, you're abiding in him, you're connected to the vine, the source of life. And as a result, what happens? You become fruitful. Fruitfulness is what happens when you're healthy. What happens is you become more and more healthy. Your way of thinking gets, you become healthy in your way of thinking as you begin to think God's thoughts. That's famously the, uh, what is theology? It's thinking the thoughts of God, right? Understanding what the Bible says and putting those things into practice. And um, <clears throat> as we do that, right, we become, uh, our ways of thinking about others, our ways of relating to others become set right. And, they, and therefore we become healthy. Now, the opposite of that is when we're not doing what sets us right, we become Weird. I, I think the perhaps the most powerful example that I think many people can say, okay, yeah, I get that, is the uh, issue of sexual sin. And what's interesting, we live in a time now where they're doing brain scans on people for all kinds of reasons, right? So they've done brain scans on people who, for example, smoke marijuana, people who uh, use a lot of social media, etc. And they can see in these brain scans. Uh, that there's there are differences in how your brain functions. Well, a major one uh, has to do with like pornography use, right? So people who use a lot of pornography or who watch it or whatever, they it changes your brain chemistry, and that's what I'm saying. It makes you and, and think about that. If if you're consuming something like that, it changes the way when you see other people. It changes the way that you think about people, the way that you relate to people. And, um, you know, with objectification, all of those things, but I'm saying that it makes you weird and it makes you, um, it makes you odd, you know, in a sense of like something unhealthy, something not right, something out of balance. But I think it's not limited to sexual sin and pornography. I think it, it, let's say, um, other sins, let's say dishonesty, you know, uh, we were just talking beforehand that when you're dishonest, you have to have a really good memory because you got to remember all the things that you said to all the people so that you can continue living in those lies and building those webs. And so what happens, again, that changes your fundamental way of relating to other people, your way of viewing them in a way it makes you scared because you're afraid of being uncovered and revealed. Um, you could add other things. I'd be curious if you have any further thoughts, but, you know, like envy, jealousy, things like that. When you're, when you're, fundamentally envious of other people, it's hard to rejoice with those who rejoice, which is what we're called to do, right? Um, and you begin to think competitively. You become cynical when you lie because what happens is that you assume that other people are probably lying too. And so you don't believe things. You become cynical rather than having the heart of a child that's quick to believe um, 
you become cynical and just assume the worst. So all those to say, and I think, I think you could apply this and it would be an interesting thought experiment to go through different, you know, ways that sin changes the way you think, it changes the way you relate and it makes you weird. But conversely, when you walk with Jesus, when you're abiding in him, taking in his word, spending time with him, the, the long-term effect is that Jesus makes you normal, whereas sin makes you weird. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, I think another way maybe to look at it is that, you know, a Christian who's, who's supposedly supposed to be walking in the Spirit, walking in the fruits of the Spirit, but they're not acting right. So our perception of them is that something's not right, you know. So that's why, you know, many times people look at Christians or look at the church and, and they, they talk about hypocrisy and those kind of things. And it's, yeah, it's our failings. But sometimes we we see people in the church and it's like they say things, but then they do something else. And it's like, well, that's weird. You said you were professing Christian, but you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're not walking in that. You know, maybe like you talked about, jealousy and envy. They spend all their time tearing people down instead of, you know, uh, you know, building people up, bringing edification. They're, they're gossiping instead of speaking words of edification and grace into people's lives. They're, they're talking, you know, they have the latest news about so-and-so and you're like, but you're a Christian, you know, that's weird. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing those kind of things, you know, and, and we can, you know, so from that perspective, you can also, you know, when people are walking in those kind of things, it's, yeah, it's not normal. And, and normal is when we're abiding in, as you said, abiding in Christ, abiding the true vine. And, and what is that doing? That's bringing things to light. We're walking in the light when we're doing those kind of things where there's that freedom of, I don't have to hide from you know, anything because I'm not lying. I'm not talking bad. I'm not worrying about those things. When people come and approach me and, you know, maybe bring an accusation or something, I'm, I'm quick to be open or I'm quick to forgive or, you know, those kind of things, which are those kind of the fruits of the spirit of, of abiding in Christ, you know? And so those are the kind of things that come to my mind when we think, yeah, when you think of that, yeah, that's not right. Something's not working here. They're saying one thing, but doing another. And how, how can we as Christians, you know, be honest and be walking in the fruit that we're, you know, supposed to be bearing as we're abiding in Christ. So, so that's, yeah, no, that's a great, great way to think about this. And, and it just also, as we, we head, we're in Holy Week right now. And, and I was just thinking about this, you know, we're talking about sin and sin is the reason there is a Holy Week. And, and it's the reason why we're headed towards Good Friday. It's the reason why we're headed towards uh, Resurrection Sunday. And it's just kind of for those that are, are listening or watching right now is that, you know, on Good Friday, we're just going to have a time of confession as we start, you know, the service or as part of our, our worship service. And, and, and I think it's an important part of our church culture that we are regularly confessing, you know, whether that's privately, whether that's publicly to one another, or it's, but it's, it's, um, it's very important as, as part, I think, as you're talking about weirdness, this is one way to combat weirdness is mm. to have a, you know, have that regiment of confession within your, your spiritual, this was a spiritual discipline, you know, of, of, of going to the Lord and regularly confessing our sin, because that is why we have Holy Week. That's why Christ had to come and die because we were weak in our own sin. We were enemies. We were dead and Christ died for us. And, uh, and so that's something to think about as we're headed towards this weekend. And if you come and join us on 
Friday at uh, at uh, five or six thirty. You know, come ready. Just come ready with your heart prepared, Lord. I'm coming to 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 bow at your feet, humble myself before you because of what God. I mean, it's it's overwhelming what the Lord had to do for our failings, our weakness of many of which we still walk in today. And then Sunday, come and. Rejoice with with us in the resurrection because we can also walk in the life that is is made possible because of the resurrection of Jesus. And so those are some things to think about as we head into the Holy Week. And of course, sunrise service. If you're in the area, six o'clock, we're going to be out outside and we're going to have a sunrise service. It's an absolutely amazing time uh, last year as we did it for the first time, and uh, it was it was a really good blessing. And then come join us for our eight o'clock service. We look forward to seeing you. Many blessings. Thanks.